Welcome to Mexico Unexplained, where we will explore the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. This series presents information based partly on theory and conjecture. The podcaster's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the subjects we will examine. Here is your host, Robert Bitto. Welcome, and muy bienvenidos to episode number 29 of Mexico Unexplained, where we examine the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. I'm your host, Robert Bitto. In the late 1960s, American detective author Earl Stanley Gardner stood before a collection of over 30,000 figurines. He had heard about this collection many years ago and felt a deep sense of astonishment when seeing it in person at this modest house in the small rural town of Acambaro in the state of Guanajuato, Mexico. Gardner, the writer who came up with great titles like The Case of the Black Cat and Granny Get Your Gun, and who created such memorable characters as Perry Mason, Della Street, and Lester Leith, had a real-life mystery in front of him. The figurines were fantastic and seemingly out of place. Many of them featured people of various races, and some 10% of them looked like our modern depictions of dinosaurs. These dinosaurs were sometimes accompanied by humans, Some of the figures had dinosaurs wrestling with people or men even riding dinosaurs. Of course, dinosaur representations in ancient art were unheard of because humans did not coexist with these prehistoric creatures. The creator of Perry Mason, who was considered to be the best-selling American author at the time of his death, was asked to examine the collection by a friend the Harvard-educated anthropologist Charles Hapgood, who was one of the many voices chiming in on this controversy at the time. Hapgood knew that Gardner's love of sleuthing did not just apply to fiction writing, and Gardner's many years as a trial attorney would be helpful in solving the mystery of these anomalous figurines. Over the years, the massive collection has been proclaimed to be an elaborate hoax by many people in the more traditional fields of science and has been shunned by most mainstream archaeologists. While many have thought that the whole discussion was put to rest years ago, the Acambaro figures have begun to generate interest again among fringe scientists, Christian young earth proponents, believers in alternative universe theories, and those who follow the new chronology writings of Russian Anatoly Fomenko, which claim that written history itself has been adjusted over time to fit the agendas of the elites. Some investigators in more traditional scientific fields have also been recently drawn to these figures once again, as the controversy has become debated online. The figures, which for many years have been literally and figuratively crated up and not been available for examination, are now on display for all to see at the Valdemar Yulsrud Museum in Acambaro, Guanajuato. And, of course, there are plenty of photos and illustrations for you, the listener, to peruse on the podcast's website, MexicoUnexplained.com.
The story of the Akambaro figurines begins in 1945. A German merchant named Waldemar Julsrud was riding his horse along the edges of a mountain called El Toro, just outside of town. In a dried-out riverbed, he noticed an unusual part of a clay figurine sticking out of the dirt. He began digging and found a number of curious figurines near the riverbed. Julsrud was already familiar with pre-Columbian ceramics, as he had one of the largest collections of artifacts from the pre-classic Chupicuaro culture then amassed. While he wasn't selling hardware, he was digging up or acquiring pieces for his collection, and over the years, Julsrud became quite the amateur archaeologist. He had never seen the types of figures that he had uncovered at the base of El Toro, so he asked one of his employees named Oldilon Tinajero if he could find more of these figurines for him. Yulsrud would pay Tinajero one peso for each figurine brought to him intact or with pieces that were easily put together. Thus began his collection, and over a five- to six-year period, Yulsrud gathered 35,000 of these strange figures. In 1947, when Yulsrud published a booklet on the discoveries called Enigmas del Pasado, Enigmas of the Past, the figurines began to receive international attention. In March of 1951, Lowell Harmer, a veteran writer for the Los Angeles Times, published an article titled, Mexico Finds Give Hint of Lost World, Dinosaur Statues Point to Men Who Lived in the Age of Reptiles. Harmer had visited Acambado earlier that year and described the sheer volume of the collection in Yulsrud's house. He wrote that the figurines, quote, filled the floors, the tables, and the wall cabinets to overflowing, end quote. The Times writer also wondered in his article, quote, how could it be a hoax? Not even in Mexico, where money is so scarce, could anyone afford the labor of these thousands of statues at the low price Yulsrud is paying, end quote. While seemingly convinced of the collection's authenticity, as an objective writer, Harmer finished off his article by saying, quote, I am a writer, not an archaeologist. It will be up to the experts to decide, end quote. In the next few years, the story was picked up by the tabloid press and made it to the magazine specializing in stories of the fanciful and the bizarre. One article of note appeared in the February-March 1952 issue of Fate magazine titled, Did Man Tame the Dinosaur? A clear reference to some of the figurines showing men roping and riding the creatures. The following year, 1953, the Mexican government got involved in the Acambaro mystery. It sent four archaeologists from the Instituto Nacional de Antropología e Historia, also called INA, in Mexico City, to investigate. They set up a dig site about a mile from Yulsrud's original discovery location near the base of the mountain called El Toro. They dug a test pit going two meters down and discovered dozens of figurines similar to Yulsrud's, including dinosaurs. Ina, 
then issued a statement that the figurines did correspond to the pre-classic civilization of the Chupicuaro and could date to as early as 800 BC, but not the dinosaur ones. The scientists concluded that even though the dinosaurs were found among other similar figurines in the same archaeological strata, they couldn't possibly be anything but modern productions as human interactions with dinosaurs was impossible. The Instituto did no further excavations, and after the 1950s, it refused to issue permits for other archaeologists to make new excavations. On the American side of the border, an anthropological organization dedicated to preserving Native American culture, the Amerind Foundation, sent archaeologist Charles de Pezzo down to examine the figurines. De Pezzo published his findings in volume 18 of the scientific journal American Antiquity in the year 1953 and in the prestigious Archaeology magazine the same year. Those who do not believe the figurines to be part of a hoax have pointed out that de Pezzo went down to Mexico with a clear bias to expose the figurines as fakes and that he did not approach the problem of the figurines with an open mind. Although having the backing of the scientific establishment, de Pezzo did make claims that should be scrutinized more closely. For example, in his American Antiquity article, de Pezzo states, quote, None of the specimens were marred by patination, nor did they possess the surface coating of soluble salts. The figures were broken in most cases where the appendages attached themselves to the body of the figurines. No parts were missing. Furthermore, none of the broken surfaces were worn smooth. In the entire collection of 32,000 specimens, no shovel, mattock, or pick marks were noted. End quote. He also stated, quote, Further investigation revealed that a family living in the vicinity of Acabaro make these figurines during the winter months when their fields are idle. End quote. In his writing, De Pezzo alleged that after the figurines were made that they were planted in certain locations, and in his American Antiquity article, he tells the tale of a botched excavation in which he witnessed figurines coming up out of a hole mixed with fresh backfill and even fresh manure. In the end of his article, De Pezzo states, quote, Thus the investigation ended. It seems almost superfluous to state that the Acambaro figurines are not prehistoric, nor were they made by a prehistoric race who lived in association with Mesozoic reptiles. End quote. It was not long before De Pezzo's articles and claims were shot full of holes. For one, De Pezzo only spent two days in a combado and only spent four hours examining Jules Rude's collection in his home. De Pezzo did not set up and conduct an excavation on his own. He also did not take into consideration that Yulzrud's collection included near-perfect figurines purchased from villagers as per Yulzrud's own request. When he began his collection, Yulzrud specified that he would pay one peso for each intact figure. 
There were plenty of pieces and broken figures that did not make it to the over 30,000 in Yulsrut's home. The DePezzo article caught the eye of Charles Hapgood, the Harvard-trained archaeologist and friend of Perry Mason creator Earl Stanley Gardner. Hapgood had years of experience and the academic credentials to analyze the Yulsrud collection, and in 1954 he spent a considerable amount of time in Acambaro. Hapgood refuted most of DePezzo's claims point by point. DePezzo claimed that there were no missing pieces. Hapgood found boxes and boxes of parts that could not be put together. DePezzo claimed that there were no discoloring or encrusted dirt on the figures. Hapgood observed that dirt and patination were evident on the figures in spite of Yulsrud's requirement for cleaned, intact figurines to earn the one peso reward. DePezzo alleged that there were no pick marks from shoveling on any of the figurines. Hapgood documented the opposite. One of the big elements of the hoax proposed by DePezzo was his observation that one of the excavations he witnessed was bringing up fresh dirt from a recent backfill. Hapgood had an answer for this too. In documenting the excavation procedure, Hapgood wrote, quote, An important part that came out was that when the digger stopped work in the middle of excavating a cache, he filled in the hole to protect it from the many small boys of the neighborhood. This may have a bearing on the accusations of fraud. End quote. The final point dispelled by Hapgood was that the villagers were making the figurines during their quote, off time in the winter. The sheer number of figures, both intact and partial, would take many families an incredible amount of time to produce. In the next decade, Earl Stanley Gardner would add to this sentiment in his 1969 book about a combo called The Host with the Big Hat. He writes, quote, I don't believe that it would have been at all possible for any group of people to have made these figures, to have paid for the burrow load of wood necessary to fire them, take them out and bury them, wait for the ground to resume its natural hardness, which would take from one to ten years, and then discover these figures and dig them up, all for a gross price of 12 cents per figure, end quote. Gardner also concluded, quote, It is absolutely, positively out of the question to think that these artifacts which we saw could have been planted. End quote. As a scientist, Charles Hapgood knew of the need for concrete dating of the pieces using the most up to date methods. In 1968, he submitted three samples to Isotopes Incorporated of New Jersey for radiocarbon dating. The first sample came back as 3,590 years old, plus or minus 100 years. The second sample came up as 6,480 years old, plus or minus 170 years. The third sample came up with a date of 3,060 years old, plus or minus 120 years. To be thorough, Hapgood also submitted four samples to the University of Pennsylvania Museum for thermoluminescent dating, a more accurate way to date pottery. 
All four samples came up with a date of 2500 BC, plus or minus 190 years. Dr. Freudlich Rainey, director of the University of Pennsylvania Museum, realizing the importance of accuracy in the dating of these pieces, did 18 runs on each of the four samples and came up with the same results. The last attempt to date the figures occurred in 1976. Gary Carrivo and Mark Hahn also used the thermoluminescent dating technique on 20 of the figures. All of the samples failed the plateau test, which indicated that dates obtained from these figures using high-temperature thermoluminescent dating were not reliable and lacked significance. Based on the signal regeneration found in some of the samples, the Caravaux-Hahn team estimated that the figurines were fired sometime in the late 1930s or early 1940s. So, are these dinosaur figurines authentic archaeological finds of great importance, or are they part of an elaborate hoax? One must ask if this were a hoax, who would benefit from it? Waldemar Julsrud made no money from the sale of the figurines or from tourism connected to his collection. No archaeologists have made names or reputations for themselves because of the dinosaurs of Acambaro. The Mexican government wants to ignore these figures and prohibits any excavations in the area. Why do they not want more investigation into these figures? As with everything presented on Mexico Unexplained, I encourage you, the listener, to do your own investigation. Maybe you can finally solve the enigma of the dinosaurs of Acambaro. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of Mexico Unexplained. Please follow us on Twitter. Pull up our slideshows on YouTube and check out our website, MexicoUnexplained.com, for references and illustrations. We welcome your comments and suggestions, and we appreciate your devoted attention. Until next time, thank you and gracias. Thank you for listening to another episode of Mexico Unexplained with host Robert Bitto. For show summary, relevant links and commentary, please check out our website at MexicoUnexplained.com. Like us on Facebook and be a part of the conversation. Adios and hasta la vista.